Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. I'm your host Chris Loder and I am joined by my guests this week, racing pundit Casey Midwinter and former jockey Paul Callahan. In this episode of the podcast we will be focusing on the main ITV races this weekend at Ascot and at York and of course as well we'll be previewing the big race which is the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Um, before we get into the races let's see how everyone is. Paul, how are things with you? Uh, working hard? Yeah, absolutely flat out. Could work on Christmas to be honest but sure, it has to be done. Um, weather's just cooled down a bit. It's a bit like, a bit like the days at school, Do you know when you're sat beside the radiator during the winter but one side you weren't too hot, weren't too cold. Temperatures are just ideal here in Ireland now at the minute. Yeah, it was boiling earlier this week. I think we got up to 40 Celsius in some parts of England. Didn't have much racing on, but yeah, a bit cooler now. And yeah, hopefully it stays like that for the foreseeable future. And how about you, Casey? How are things with you? Yeah, no, all good, thank you. Um, yeah, the same. We were quite warm here in Wales earlier in the week, but it has cooled down a bit, which is, is nicer. And yeah, looking forward to the racing at the weekend. And then we've got Glorious Goodwood next week. So plenty to be excited about. Yeah, sure is. And also as well, we've got the Galway Festival. It's always uh, one of the high points of uh, the racing season. So let's get into it then. The first race we're going to look at is the 150 at Ascot. It's the Princess Margaret Keeneland Stakes. It's a group three contest for fillies and mares for the two-year-olds. I'm going to come to here. Uh, I'm going to come to uh, Casey here first. Uh, Lazoo is your current favourite at seven to four. We then got Glen Glen Laurel at six to one. Palm Lily at sixes. Royal Charter at sixes, and bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here, Casey. Lazoo. Um, obviously, he's got the form in the book, uh, but could she be vulnerable against some improvers? She could. I mean, there's plenty of unexposed fillies in the lineup. Um, plenty are unbeaten as well, so they could be dangerous. I am going to be sticking with the favourite here. I thought she was desperately unlucky in the Duchess of Cambridge Stakes earlier this month. She was hampered by more as she drifted into the zoo's path in the final stages. The zoo may possibly not have got there, but I was quite keen on her for that. Um, and I thought, you know, she would have definitely got a bit closer and may have, uh, may have got the win. She looks a promising filly with plenty of ability and a bright future ahead. Um, so I think she's going to be the one to beat and she's the one that I'm sticking with. Okay, so Katie thinks Lazoo can get favourite backers off to a positive start on Saturday. How about you, Paul? Are we in agreement here with Lazoo? She's the one to beat? I definitely think she's the one to beat, but I'd be looking to take her on at the prices. I quite, I'm i going to side with the, with the William Haggis-trained Royal Charter. Stevie Donoghue was on board for her debut success. She won a Phillies maiden over six furlongs at Newmarket back on the 24th of June. Tom Marquan takes the, the reins here. The yard continue in great form and their debutants, the William Haggis debutants, generally do improve for that experience. So she will need to take a step up here, but it's, it's not totally out of the question. So I've gone with Royal Charter and also we're going to give a mention to Kinta, who's, a, who's two from two thus far. William Buick was on board for her last time out success and he retains the ride, but we're going to take the, a chance on, on Royal Charter. Okay, so Paul quite likes the chances of the William Haggis trained Royal Charter. I'm just going to give a shout out for the outside of the field. I was scratching my head to why she's 25 to 1. That's Cuban mistress for the Millmans. Last time uh, she was seen finishing second at Sandown behind Rocket Rodney, who's a really exciting horse. That form's actually been frank because Eddie's boy won the super sprint um, 
last weekend at Newbury. So the form looks pretty decent there. I think the step up and trip won't be an issue for her. I just couldn't understand why she was 25 to 1 when some of these really need to bounce back. But she's been holding her form well. And if you can get maybe an extra place or something, four places on the day, I think she's definitely a good each way better, that kind of price. So yeah, she's my selection in the race. But yeah, just recapping then, I'm with Cuban Mistress. Um, Katie is going to be with Lazoo and Paul Likes Royal Charter. So that's the first race covered at Ascot. We then go on to the 225, which is the Longjings Valiant Stakes. It's a Group 3 contest for Phillies and Mares. And Zambak is your favourite for Roger Verin and Jim Crowley at 13 to 8. November at 9 to 2. Jumbly at 4s. Oscala at 11 to 2. Kind Gesture at 8. And Bigger are the rest. Paul, I'll come to you here first. Uh, Zambak um, has been progressing, it seems, with every start. Ran a good race at Royal Ascot last time out in, in the Sandringham. Do we think um, she's going to take the beating here? I don't know. I'd be looking to take her on. She, she's a hold-up runner performer, and she generally needs a, a little bit of luck. I think there's there's more who are a bit more straightforward in the field. And for that reason, I've gone with the consistent Ascola from the George Bowie stable. William Buick on board. Her form, like she's the, the model of consistency. She was second in a listed event at Epsom back on the 3rd of June. She won a listed race for Phillies at Carlisle on the 22nd of June, then second again at Sandown in listed company at the 2nd of July. And last time out was third behind, and was beaten about a length and a half by Lana Cash in a listed event at Chester back on the 9th of July. She can race a little keenly, but she's very, very consistent. And I think she's a bit more straightforward selection than, than Zanbach. So it's a scholar for me. Okay, so Paul is with the George Bowie trained Oscula. And how about you, Katie? Quite a few in here I think you can make a case for, but uh, where did your pin land? I'm going for Jumbly here. Um, her last two runs have been in really competitive races. She wasn't disgraced in either, despite finishing down the field. She wasn't too far behind. I think returning to Group 3 level here, she should be more involved in the finish. I expect her to be there or thereabouts. Um, she finished a close second to Wild Beauty on her first run this season, and she has a listed win to her name as a three-year-old. So I think this is the perfect race for her to bounce back to form. But I would give a shout out to King Gesture. I thought that she was a quite an interesting runner. She's likely raced, has two wins from three, and could be an improving type. She wears a hood and probably isn't the most straightforward filly, um, but I think she's one to watch and is a decent each-way price, and I think she's been back a little bit since the market opened too, so... I think I'll be keeping an eye on her, but Jumbly for me. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there, Katie. Jumbly was the way I was thinking. She's got a really lovely pedigree. Um, and Holly Doyle as well has got a very good relationship with her. I didn't think she ran too badly last time out in the German uh, 1000 guineas. Didn't get the best of runs and was staying on quite well uh, in the in the closing stages. So I, I think maybe she could go well and she gets a three-year-old allowance as, as well. So... Yeah, she was the way I was seeing it. But uh, yeah, a, a few in here you can make a case for. So yeah, I'm with Jumbly, agreeing with Katie, and um, Paul is going with a schooler. Okay, so that's the 225 covered. We then go on to uh, the big handicap on the card, which is the 3 o'clock Moe and Shonday International Stakes, over seven furlongs. Jumbly is currently your 5-1 to one favourite for Holly Doyle and Eve Johnson Horton. We then got Dark Shift, the Rural Hunt Cup winner at sixes, fresh at eights, Air to air at 8s, Tactical at 10s, Chief Chief at 10s, 
and bigger are the rest. KT, I'll come to you here first. You can have a few darts if you want. It looks very competitive. Some of the same old names that we keep seeing, it seems, week after week. Um, who made your shortlist here? I'm going for Ropey Guest here. I think he's worth another shot. He's such a consistent performer. I was keying him for the Bunbury Cup and he came so close last time out. I only beat him by blessing. I think from an each way perspective, he is definitely a reliable option. As more often than not, he does run a good race and he gets a place. I'm also interested in Chief of Chiefs. I think he's quite interesting. Um, he runs off the same mark as when a good fourth in the Buckingham Palace stakes. He was disappointing at Ascot prior to that run, but he's a horse who's able to put in a good performance on his day. Um, he has plenty of experience. And also Colin Keane rides here. Um, so I think there's plenty to like about the nine-year-old and hopefully he can make the frame. Okay, so a couple of uh, prices there from Katie in the international stakes. Um, Paul, I'll come to you here. You're going to get plenty of each way places on the day with uh, different bookmakers. Definitely one we could maybe get stuck into uh, uh, an each way price if you've got if you've got one for us. Yeah, well, I think if 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 accidentally aged in his twenties or more, um, I think he's a cracking each way bet. Like I absolutely love the horse. He's a, a an absolute pure character, and I'm sure he could read your grace and boast. He was 7 of 18 over 7 furlongs in the Bunbury Cup at Newmarket last time out. Was second in the Victoria Cup over course and distance back in May. He's a winner of the, the Queen Anne Stakes back in 2018. Like I said, he's an absolute character. And I think on a going day, he should run into a place here. And I think Anneton around 20, 25 to 1 represents a bit of value. So, accidental agent is my each way play here. Okay, so Paul's going to go with his old favourite accidental agent. I quite like one at a bit of a price here. Top secret. For Hayley Turner and William Muir and Chris Grassick. Um, this horse is quite an interesting horse. Um, was very progressive last season, won over the course and distance, um, and has just gone off the boil the last couple of runs. I don't think he perhaps handled Epsom. He doesn't quite stay a mile. I think he's more effective over seven furlongs in a strongly run race. The William Muir and Chris Grassick team have been a little bit slow to come to hand this year, but they're now operating at 30% strike rate, so the yard are in better form. I think off a mark of 85, he can be very competitive. Hayley Turner as well has got a very good record in these kind of races on the straight track in these big field handicaps. He's drawn 22 as well, which might not be a bad place to be. Sometimes the stand side can be the favoured side. At Royal Ascot this year, you have to say, though, it did kind of flip on its head a little bit. But, uh, yeah, if uh, the trends are usual and you want to be high, I thought Top Secret had a great chance at 40-1 to 1 without running his odds. So, yeah, quite a few in there from the team, and hopefully we've pointed you in the direction of, of the winner. Okay, so that's the international stakes covered. The feature race on the card at Ascot is a 3.35. It is the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Kipco stakes, a Greek one contest where the three-year-olds meet their elders and the betting looks like this. Westover is your current favourite at 6-4. Colin Keane keeps the ride. We then got Emily Upjohn, who looks to make amends from her Epsom Oak second at 5-2. Next in the betting, Mishriff at 3-1. Torcado Tasso, the arc winner at 12s. Broom, your Hardwick winner at 14s. Piledriver is then the outside of the field at 22-1. Uh, Paul, we've only got the six runners in here. Um, it looks a good contest, uh, but do we think the three-year-olds might just have it? Yeah, I think so. I think if I was looking outside, Mishriff is the, is the obvious choice. I think if you're looking looking outside the, the three-year-olds here, either Westover or Emily Upjohn, Pile Driver, I hope PJ McDonald gets a crack spin off of William Muir and Chris Classic's charge. But 
I can't really see a reason to to look elsewhere, to look past Westover. You know, looking at the Derby times to, in comparison to the Oaks, the Derby time was two minutes thirty six point three eight seconds. It was slow by by point six eight of a second. The Oaks was run over two minutes thirty seven seconds, thirty seven point eight three seconds. It was slow by two seconds, a little over two seconds. Now saying that, if Emily Upjohn had to get out on terms, you'd imagine she would have won by how far she would have she would have been a bit bit faster than that official time but Westover was so good at the Curra you know I, I don't think he handled the, the undulations that the Camber at Epsom more of a galloping track at the Curra was more to his liking and we're going to see more of the same here so he's going to improve I think once again and I think if he holds his form Westover is the one they all have to beat I think the German runner the, the arc winner Torquato Tasso is interesting but his best form is, is with a bit of juice in the ground which I think it'll, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll dampen his chances so and what we know thus far, I think Westover is the one for me. Yeah, I think I'm in agreement with you there. I think uh, his Irish Derby win, even though the race might have fallen apart, was very impressive. He was definitely the eye catcher in the Epsom Derby, which is starting to work out now. There have been a few form boosts from that changing of the guards, uh, where the West Wind blows. Uh, the Christopher Source won at Hamilton uh, last week, so the form doesn't look too bad now. And yeah, I, I think he he'll be able to get the job done. Are we in agreement um, here, Katie? Um, we're going to make it a hat trick for Westover and the King George. Yeah, I've been looking through the fields. It's a small but select field, um, but I've been trying to go against the favourite. But I keep going back to Westover. I don't see anything beating him. To be honest, I think the way he quickened at Epsom once he got the run, it uh, was so impressive. And then again at the Curry, he was electric. And I think Emily Upjohn, um, she's got a bit to prove at this level. I think she'll probably turn out to be a top-class filly. Um, but she's only receiving £3 from West over here. And Mistress running the Eclipse was impressive, but he's giving so much weight away to West over. I think it'll be too much for him, especially over a trip probably further than ideal. I think that Art winner Topeta Tasso is interesting, as well as Paul mentioned. And he's quite a big price considering his successes to date. But again, as Paul said, he may prefer a bit more given the ground and he'll probably be primed for Longchamp in October. Um, but he shouldn't be ruled out. However, I do think Westover will have too much speed in the finish. I just think he's got an excellent turn of foot and he looks to be a very exciting colt. OK, then. So we're all in agreement. We all think Westover is going to take the King George at Ascot on Saturday. We're now going to move to York where we're looking at a couple of races there on the ITV um, televised races and the first of them is the 240 it's the Skybet Dash Handicap over six furlongs a class two contest plenty in here you can make a case for uh, I'll come to you here first Casey Silver Samurai is your favourite five to one needs to bounce back after his latest run um, are we quite keen to take him on here with maybe something else I am going to take him on I'm going for Gale Force Meyer think she's been looking for some black type this season but she hasn't quite got there in the top class races i think at this level she sets the standard and her third place finish in the last run at york in a group three was quite impressive and represents a good form line too the winner there floatus received six pounds and she was third in the commonwealth cup uh, and also finished second to sense of duty early in the season a filly who was unbeaten since finishing second on debut and that's a real prospect for the william haggis team Teresa Mendoza finished fourth in that race too, but on a previous in a previous race she won a listed race at the Curra and beat some nice horses there. So I think in this contest, despite carrying top weight alongside Mondamed, who I'd also give a shout to as he's a horse I have a lot of respect for, 
I do think Gail Fosmeyer is the one that sticks out in the field for me. Um, and I think she'll be there thereabouts in the finish. Okay, so Kate's going to go for Gail Fosmeyer. I can see a case there. She's a, a very consistent filly. Michael Dodds does very well with those kind of horses that kind of tra transition between like Lister Group 3 and uh, handicaps and yeah she would definitely have to be on your shortlist paul how did you see this one um did you have a couple here for the listeners i got one it's a competitive card i think overall at york but um looking at this one chris i've gone for silver samurai who was 11 to 26 in the wokingham last time out was a twice a winner prior to that with victories at haydock and newbury back in may and should find life a little easier here than he did at ascot so Silver Samurai gets the, the tentative nod. Okay, so Paul is siding with the favourite, Silver Samurai. Oh, yeah, I quite liked a couple in here. The the one I mainly liked was Mondamedge. I just thought that this was a, a bit of an easier task to what he's been up against recently. He is drawn into Duel 1, which might be a negative, but he finished a very good second last time out um, in in the John Smith City Wall Stakes, which is a listed race over five. I think he'll be doing his best work late on. He loves a big field, coming off a strong pace, and I think he's really hard to keep out of the frame. And also another one to keep an eye on is Nationwide for John Butler. I remember backing this horse um, a few months ago now um, at Kempton. Got a good word for him. He won at uh, 50 to 1 under Luke Hatton, was given a good ride. And then he's just kind of gone um, and kicked on from there, really. Um, he won his next couple of starts on the weather at Wolverhampton. He then finished third at, uh, at Haydock behind Silver uh, Samurai. He wasn't beaten very far at all. I think he could still have a little bit of improvement to come. He was previously trained by uh, Sir Michael Stout, and I just think um, he's got a good chance. Dale Muscat as well um, has a very good record this season with John Butler, who's actually having his best ever season. He's had 35 winners so far, and that's a career-best tally for John Butler. So I think uh, this horse probably could be maybe a, a bit of a plan uh, by the team, and yeah, maybe he could go well. Uh, so yeah, that's another one I'll just give a mention to, but a very competitive race. So just recapping then, I like Nationwide and Mondamedge. Um, Katie likes Gale Force Mayor and Paul likes the favourite Silver Samurai. Okay, the next race we're going to have a look at then is the feature on their card, which is the 315 Skybet York Stakes, a Group 2 contest. Only a small field here, but we've got Claymore, your favourite, at 11 to 8. We've then got Dubai Honor at 15 to 8, Dubai Future at 10 to 3, Sabasco at 11s, and Dark Moon Rising at 22 to 1. Paul, you can have first say here. Uh, Claymore. Um, he spoiled the party a little bit last time out at Royal Ascot in the Hampton Court Stakes. Um, do we think he he can uh, prove that wasn't a fluke and kick on here? I've gone elsewhere. I've gone with with Dubai Future, just getting the the tentative nod. And um, once again, he was he was a winner of the Wolferton last time out, and he has his quirks. He wears the cheek pieces. He can race it a little keenly, but just on the back of that last time out success in the Wolferton, that just might give him a little bit of confidence to kick on in the hands of Adam Kirby for trainer side Vince River. So it's Dubai future for me. Yeah, Saeed can do very well with these types um, that just seem to get better with age and they win these kind of races. And then when you just you think they've done, they go and find a little bit uh, more improvement. So yeah, Dubai future, an interesting runner for the, the Godolphin boys. Um, Casey, I come to you here. Uh, Claymore, I, I was quite impressed with his attitude at Royal Ascot. Um, are you in agreement with me and think he, he, he might be able to uh, keep on improving or you you questioning him and maybe gun with something else? 
Yeah, I agree with you. Um, there's Claymore here. I was quite keen on him in the Hampton Court Stakes, and I thought he was a very generous price in a small field where the favourite reach for the moon was really quite short and worth taking on. Um, I had my doubts about Claymore early on in the season. He was well beaten by Native Trail and didn't quite get the run of things at Longshot. But I think he excelled over this trip at the Royal Meeting, and I'm struggling to find a horse to take him on with. So for me, I'm firmly in the Claymore camp, and I think he'll win. He received weight too. Um, from his first trials in the market, and I think he's a decent bet. Yeah, he's a, he does very well, it seems, in these small fields. He seemed to relish it last time out, and if it does get a bit tactical, that probably play into his hands, and he gets the three-year-old wait for eight allowance as well. So two votes it is for Claymore, and Paul likes Dubai Future. So that's the main ITV races uh, we've covered. Uh, before we sign off the podcast, let's just see um, the other fancies from the guys this week. Uh, Paul, I'll come to you here first. You said you had a couple of Goran for the listeners. Well, there's two that stand out. Uh, Declan McDonough is off to Goran Park for two rides. He rides the Joseph O'Brien train, Sistine Madonna in the 220, which is a maiden for Phillies and Mares. Sistine Madonna was seventh over a mile in a handicap at Killarney last time out. Prior to that was a good second at Dundalk. And only a fourth start, so there should be more to come. Now, his first ride's at 2.20. second ride is at 10 past five, so why is Declan McDonough hanging about Gordon Park on a, on a Saturday afternoon at 10 past five? But it's the ride that Gordon Elliott trained elusive gigolo, who's yet to fire in two starts this season. Was a good third at Roscommon on his final start last season. And there's not many miles on the clock. He, he's only had nine starts to date. Drawn and stall 12 is not ideal, but there could be a little bit more to come. Just a jockey, jockey book in his eye catching, so... 16 Madonna in the 2.20 at Gorham Park and Elusive Gigolo for both ridden by Declan McDonough who runs in the 5.10. Okay, so a couple of fancies then at Gorham Park on Saturday from Paul. And Casey, you said you might have one for the listeners in uh, the Jump Jockeys uh, sprint race uh, earlier on the card at York, which is also on ITV. Yeah, it's a really open field and obviously it's going to be a bit of a lottery to find the winner. But I think an interesting runner um, I saw was Soul Seeker. He won this last year when he was £8 a higher rated than he is currently. He's been performing poorly this season, but he may be running off a more workable mark. And could, I think this could be the target for him. You know, he'll obviously need to show improvement, but I think he still possesses ability and he's available at a decent each-way price um, in what I said is, as I said, is a very open field. Um, so I think he could be worth a bet. Yeah, definitely. Why not? Yes, yeah, very competitive race that, but yeah, he, he's definitely got a chance on on form. Uh, another one I quite liked um, later on in the card at Ascot uh, from my other selections was Saga. We saw him finish second in the Britannia, which is a race that uh, is already starting to work out quite well. Jimi Hendrix actually uh, come out and won next time on his next start. Uh, Saga in the Colours of the Queen for the Gosdens. Um, I just think there could be more to come from him and he could be a potential group horse and a handicap. Benoit Delacayac claims handy £5 off his back. I just thought that this could be his day and uh, he might be able to make amends for that run last time out um, at, the, at the Royal Meeting. So yeah, he's my other fancy uh, of the day. So that's it then for uh, this episode of the podcast. Thanks again to Katie and Paul for giving up their time. Hopefully we've given you some uh, winners this week. Please remember to follow us on all the major podcast platforms. We're available on Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes. You can also as well follow us on the socials where we're on Twitter at In The Saddle Pod and the same handle is on Instagram as well. Please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon. 